0: You know, every church is given a revelation. Every church on planet Earth is given a revelation. When I say every church, I mean anyone who's serious about worshipping Christ. Any church and every church is given a revelation to those believers fellowshipping and wanting to grow in maturity and strength. So whenever God finds a group of people on the earth who want to grow in maturity and strength, excuse me, that church will be given a revelation. Guarantee it without without shadow of a doubt. Why? Because with that revelation, God wants you to come into obedience. Yes? That's why God gives us a revelation so we can understand him so that we can be obedient to that which we're receiving. Yeah? We can't be obedient... If we don't understand him, every church is given a revelation and this revelation becomes, listen, your UAP, unique advancing point, not your unique selling point, it's your unique advancing point. You can advance from that which you receive. The moment you begin to understand is the moment you can begin to advance. Many people speaking to Jesus did not understand him. Many people who spoke to Jesus could not do what he was saying because they just did not understand him. And he said to these guys over here, I'm going to speak in parables. But to this group over here, I'm going to give them a UAP. I'm going to give them an understanding so they can advance. But you see, the charismatic church wants a USP. It wants a unique selling point. It wants to sell what it's receiving. It merchandises what it's got. And it's kidding itself that it's trying to say, well, what we've got, we just want to share with the world. Of course you do, because that's called marketing. Market share. Now, there's nothing wrong with sharing with the world what you've got. Just don't rip them off on the process. Yes? Don't make them buy everything that you're revealing to them. Give them things. Phil tells me on the internet that when when any author writes a book, he gives a few chapters away. He gives a few chapters away to sell the sizzle in your mind, to put the idea in your mind so that you'll come back want more. Right? Right? But what church does, it wants you, it wants to become a, uh, it wants a USP so that it'll keep you on their mailing list so that they can keep asking you for things. It's after your data. Yes. But when God, what did Jesus say? Freely, you have received. Freely. Go on, finish it off. Advance with it. Advance with what you're receiving. Now, that doesn't mean to say if you write a book, you can't sell the book. There's nothing wrong with that. But merchandise cannot be our main industry. So God gives the church revelation. The church then decides whether it will sell it and market it or it will impart it into people. Yes? There's a big difference. It is a big difference. But you're seeing this now. Some people don't see it. And they keep on doing it. So when you walk in many churches, he's got a big poster of the pastor and all that he can do. Yeah? We don't want a picture of the pastor. He's not the selling point. Heaven is. Heaven's the one speaking. Heaven's the one revealing. So we don't want to market a man. But we sure do it in the church, don't we? And it's called blah, blah, blah's ministry. There's only one ministry. It's called the Ministry of All Believers. So God wants us to receive this revelation from heaven so we can advance with this revelation. That's why heaven must keep speaking to us. Amen? Something, you know, a unique selling point. We have to ask ourselves, what is unique about us? What is unique about our revelation? We say we're a church with a difference. What makes us unique? Well, there's many answers to that. And every individual person has to answer that for themselves. But collectively, if we're going to speak as a leadership, we'll say we are revealing Christ. Heaven is speaking. Heaven is revealing the revelation of the Father. Heaven is revealing the revelation of his Son. That is our unique advantage, uh, advancing point. The moment we stop telling you how to advance and grow and mature rather than just keep informing you, is the moment we have no longer a position on this earth. So the scriptures must always be speaking. God must always have a a person he can speak to his people through because God wants his people to advance. Since the day of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has been advancing by forceful men laying hold of it, forceful men receiving a revelation and doing something with it. So the kingdom must always have revelation. God's got more revelation than you can poke a stick at. He's got more revelation. It's not a problem. He's never going to run out. He's never going to run out. Remember, your Bible's only recorded so much. Your Bible also says that Jesus did and said a lot more things. That all the volumes, all the books in the world could not contain what he was doing. But God chose to reveal this to us. Yes? Yes? So we don't concern ourselves with what he hasn't revealed. We concern ourselves with what has been revealed because what has been revealed still needs revealing. Does that make sense? So when you open your Bible, the Bible has to speak. Because if you just read it like any other book, it's just a book like any other book. But if you read it with the eyes of revelation and there's a voice in there, there's a voice in there. There's a person in there who's speaking. Now, if you can catch that voice in that person, you can advance. You can advance. So when you open the book of Revelation, surprisingly enough, there's a revelation. There's a surprise. And when you read it, there are seven churches that are mentioned. Each church received a revelation. Now, if you go to Turkey today on your holidays... And you say, let's go and find the ruins of the seven churches of Asia. Guess what? That's all you'll find is ruins. But ask yourself why you will find ruins. There was no legacy left by any of these churches. Why? Because God determined these were not the pattern. These seven churches were not the pattern. So God let them go so that he could have no obstacle, so that you would go back to Jerusalem, you'd go back to Ephesus, you'd, you'd go back to Antioch, the three models of church. God wants you to keep the pattern from the Bible rather than going follow somebody's failed attempt. Yes? Did you know they were in Turkey? That's where they were. But despite these seven churches receiving a revelation, they did not become the example. Let that be a lesson to us. To Ephesus, he said, to the angel of the church in Ephesus in Revelation, in Revelation chapter two, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who hold the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven gold Then, What was the revelation there? The revelation of intimacy. He's walking through his church. He's got the light. You can, you can gleam from the light. You can, you can move towards the light. He's saying that this light can be touched. These are the words of him who holds the seven in his right hand and who walks amongst the seven golden lampstands. God wants to walk amongst his people. That was the revelation he was given to the church in Smyrna. Revelation 2 verse 8. To the angel of the church in Smyrna right? these are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and who came to life again that was a revela- revelation of his resurrection power. to Revelation two verse 12, to the church at Pergamum, to the angel of the church, to, to the angel of the church in Pergamum, right See there was angels dispatched to each church. Heaven was released got, heaven was revealing specific revelation to each one of these churches. to the church in Ephesus there's a revelation. To the church Antioch, there's a revelation. It was apostolic revelation. To so wherever the church broke out in the New Testament, God gave apostolic revelation. Not denominational revelation. Hello? It wasn't denominational revelation. It was apostolic revelation. So what revelation do you think the church still needs today? Does it need denominational revelation? No, it needs apostolic revelation. Why? Because that's what came from heaven. So he says, to the church of Pergamon, write this. These are the words of him who has a sharp, double-edged sword. What's he saying there? It's a revelation of his word. And what that word can do when it's in your midst. It's sharp. It can reveal. It can cut. It can heal. So in Revelation 2, verse 18, to the church of Thyatira, to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. What was the revelation of his majesty? A revelation of his majesty. Capture him, you see his feet burning like bronze. You see his eyes. When you can capture him. So he was revealing certain things to them that would help them grow and advance. And to each church, he gave them a promise. If they advanced in this area and held on to that truth, they would advance in that area. Yes? Can you see that? It revealed, a, it revealed an aspect of himself so they could advance. And if they advanced, there was a promise. But they didn't hold on. There was only two that held on. So in Revelation 3 verse 1, to the angel of the church in Sardis, write the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. The one who can hold the churches in his hand is the revelation of a sovereign God. The pastor does not hold the church. Hello? God holds the church. God can choose the man, whatever man he wants. Now, when the man is in his position, the man's got to do everything he can to work with God. But God ultimately holds his church because it's his church, it's his people. You are my work. Let that sink in. You are my work, but we are the work of his hands. Does that make sense? You are my work. When God called me, it was to work with you. So you work on me. I work with you, but we are the work together. We are the work of his hands. Amen? So he gave a revelation of the sovereign power of God to the church in Philadelphia in Revelation 3, 7. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? These are the words of him who is holy and true and holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. The revelation here is of continuity. David, from David, Jesus comes through David. Whose tabernacle? David's tabernacle is gonna be built in the last days. It's a picture of worship. It's a power of majesty. It's a picture of continuity, legacy, seed, and it's a picture of how God works with those he favors. God worked with David. God says, There's no one like David. He said, For David's sake, I'll remain a throne. Doesn't matter what numpty comes through his lineage, for David's sake, I'll keep his house. That's a God, that's a generational God being revealed to the church in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. In Revelation 3.14, to Laodicea, the angel of the church, Laodicea writes, these are the words of, a, of the amen and faithful and true witness, the rulers of God creation. When someone says amen, it's final. When God speaks, it's final. That's it, it's settled. So the revelation is of authority, of faithfulness and finality. Our God is a final God. There's none before him, none after him. There's no, there's no change in his mind. If his mind's set, his mind's set. We need to know the nature of our God. So each church is being revealed to them. To each church, there's a revelation being revealed to them. It gives us great hope, church, that God will speak to us. God will continually keep giving his revelation so that you have a unique advantage point. What God reveals to you and hasn't spoken to others, it gives you an advantage point. Amen? So if God speaks to you personally today, you can come above your situation. It, God's preparing you in advance by what he's revealing to you today. So this is why we need him to keep speaking. It's not enough for God to have once spoken. It's not enough for God to have once revealed that revelation to those churches. It's now our responsibility to make sure heaven keeps revealing things to us. You want your children to grow up. You want your children to advance them. We need a church that where our families can grow Yeah, We don't just want to hear about God, we want to advance in God. And we want to advance in God, to advance in God means to know Him. Amen? So we said last week that when a revelation, it's an uncovering. It's like a veil over your eyes, and when there's a veil over your eyes, you can't see beyond the veil, so something needs to be lifted. So we said that there's a veil of darkness over people's lives, so when people get saved, they come out of darkness into light. So when the veil lifts up, what do they see? Light. A light they never saw had that veil never been lifted. So salvation is a veil. The next revelation that comes is an uncovering that brings you greater understanding and wisdom. There's things that I need to know from God for my life and for your life and for the things that he's calling that if he doesn't lift the veil of understanding and wisdom, I cannot enter into it. I need revelation and wisdom. I need understanding. Amen. There's a revelation that gives you a fresh instruction and a guidance. So as you hear in his voice, God speaks, you go, ah, I didn't see it that way. Ah, right. The veil's been lifted. So now you have a fresh instruction or you have a fresh guidance coming from heaven. Without that, you would have walked on the, on the path that you would have kept on walking, getting the same result. But now God spoke, he's been merciful, he's, give you guide, he's guided you and he's given you some wisdom and insight and revelation, understanding you think, oh God, I would never have made it had you not spoke to me. You're so good. And the last revelation is when a prophet stands up and speaks of a coming judgment. So when there's a coming judgment, if a prophet stands up and says, in the next six months, Dream Center, there's gonna be a famine of the word, what is he doing? He's preparing you. He's warning you, and he's preparing you. So when in Acts chapter, forget what, what chapter it was now, Agabus, the prophet, begins to see there's a famine coming, so the church could make preparations ahead of time. Nobody else knew it was coming, but they did. So they had six, I don't know how long it took. Was it six months, he said? I forget how long it was. In six months, there's a famine coming, I think he said in Acts. It, there was a famine coming. How long it was, I'm not quite sure. But the point is, they then had a choice to make in that, as soon as they received that word, to do something about it. So when God tells us things, he's telling us years, months, days in advance than others. But what the church does, he says we're a prophetic church, but it does nothing with the prophetic revelation it receives. It just writes it down. It doesn't do anything about it. It doesn't do anything with it. So why does God keep sending prophetic revelation? Well, the answer is they just hear it. But God's merciful. He's given us a chance after chance after chance after chance. Only God would do that. What do you say when someone stops listening to you? I'm not going to tell him again. But God is merciful to us. He tells us. And then tells you again. And then tells you what he's already told you. And tells you what he told you last time he told you. Does that make sense? So this year we need a revelation of Christ. What kind of revelation? Of Christ. Christ. Not just any revelation, not just wisdom or guidance. We need those things. But the revelation of Christ. It's centered upon a person. Yes. There's a lot of people trying to get knowledge and wisdom and understanding from what they don't have. And many people will tap into all kinds of dark sources. But our source is light. But it's a person. It's Christ. When we receive this revelation of Christ, it will change your old information about him. It will change your opinions of him. It will change your ideas of the church. This is why we must keep seeing Christ new, in a new light. Because the moment we stop seeing him in new light, we form old information, old opinions, old light. That's why the church bases itself in tradition because it stopped moving on. It does have, it no longer has new light. Can you see this church? So the truth that we need is the truth that will set us free. The truth that we need is to see his kingdom come. That's the truth we need. We need the wisdom and understanding to help us bring this kingdom, the kingdom that he's asked us to bring on the earth. As you're seeking this kingdom, the way that you're seeking, the way that you are seeking to find will be made known to you by the Spirit. Let me say that again. As you are seeking the kingdom, the way that you are seeking God will be made known to you by the Spirit. God will reveal it to you. This, this is how you do it, So I can see the desires of your heart. I can see you want to pursue me. But he said, Lord, I don't know how to pursue you. He said, I'll make it known to you. The spirit will guide you in all truth. The godly life that you're choosing to live will come forth in total victory. Why? Because you desire in the kingdom. God's not going to stand back and not let you struggle. God's going to work with you. And this kingdom will manifest itself in all different kind of ways. So go to Luke chapter nine. This is scripture that God spoke to me about this week for you. Luke chapter nine, verse 28. About eight days after Jesus said this, so he said something previously, but now eight days later, he takes Peter, John, and James, his core, with him up onto a mountain to what? To pray. So there is a specific agenda in Jesus's heart So when you're going to pray and seek God, something is about to happen this year. As he was praying, so what was he doing? Praying. He engaged in prayer. He went up on the mountain to pray. He took somebody with it or took people with him. And when he got there, he actually did what he originally went up the mountain to do. That was to pray. The appearance of his face changed. Just like yours will. And his clothes became bright. As a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor. Just pause there. That's given us hope and insight that there's life beyond the grave. Moses died, the Bible says. Elijah was taken up. Okay, so a dead man is still alive on the other side. Thank God, Moses is still alive. Thank God, Elijah is still alive. Thank God, all the saints in heaven are still alive. Amen? Amen? That's the hope we have. It's called the blessed hope that it's coming back, but there's life on the other side. Yeah? So Moses appeared in a glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. So they're not only alive, they can talk. They spoke about his departure, which was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to them, Master, is it really good for us to be here? Because what you're showing us on this mountain is blowing our circuits. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, and we'll do it by the internet instead. No, he said, there's no Wi-Fi signal around there. You don't need it. He didn't know what he was saying. That's what your Bible says right there. He didn't know what he was saying. Why? Because his circuits are being blown by what he's seeing. He's getting revelation. He's seen something he's never seen before. He's encountering God at a level he's never seen before, and he's saying stupid things. Have you ever done that? Get so excited that you talk rubbish. When I'm not excited, I talk rubbish. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them. Not enveloped them, enveloped them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. I bet they were. And a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. In other words, the other two guys had gone back. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time, what they had seen. Now, if that was charismania, he'd book a tour and go and tell everybody. Yes? And he'd sell his DVDs and his books. But what's the message in here? What is the revelation we need to see? Do you think Jesus just gives us experiences just because he just wants to give us experiences? No. Whenever Jesus gives us a revelation, he's trying to communicate something to us. But the charismatic church just wants to touch him and have an experience. But it doesn't want to rise in a new position. This is the problem. Immature, charismatic Christians want to touch. Others, the other evangelicals, want to put up shelters. People who don't like the realm of the spirit will go and put up shelters because they're scared. Charismatics want an experience But a new group of people is emerging that will know how to connect with him and receive from him. Now, when they came down the mountain, they didn't know what to say because they couldn't work it out. They couldn't work it out. But notice here, let's just look at something from this scripture. Let us uh, us address something here this morning if we can. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. Key point in why many people cannot receive revelation because there's a bunch of people very very sleepy right now, even now sleepy people can 't receive revelation spirit sleepy I'm not so much physical their their spirit is sluggish they don 't know how to turn on their spirit to receive. They hear, they hear, no problem hearing because the mechanics can hear. But their spiritual ear can no way, can can process and filter what's being said. So they never have a unique advancement point. They hear, Pastor Tony, when are you going to finish? When I finished. Because you're going on, that's all you hear. time. To them, I'm wasting their time. To others, it's, Pastor, open the scripture. Show us. Teach us. Let me see what, what God is saying to us. I want to know. That's a different person who's using time. We're all using time this morning. Some are waiting time go. Others are using it. So they were very sleepy. There's, you know, our lives can be very sleepy. What did he say to the disciples? Pray with me for one hour. But they were sleepy. And because he fell asleep, all kinds of ramifications then took place, all because these dudes were asleep. If you did that in the army, what would happen? You'd be court martialed. But in the church, <laughs> the laws be next week. I'll get the CD. I'll get the CD. That's the mentality. You know what that's called? It's called takeaway. There's a place for CDs. There is a place for CD. When a revelation comes to our lives, it comes so as to wake us up out of our sleep, our state. As the light of the revelation hits you, you suddenly, the veil covering you, making you sleepy, arrests everything within you. Verse 32, Peter and his companions were very, Sleepy. Not just sleepy. How sleepy were they? Very. very. This is where the church is. The charismatic church is sleepy. Verse 32. But when they became fully awake. So there was a state of being very sleepy. But then there's another group of people who have become very awake. God, has been, God is able to work with this group because they, they are fully awake, they're fully in receptive mode. Why? Because they want a unique advancing point in their life. They want, they want to do something with this word and they want this word to do something. Hello? They want to do something with the word and they want the word to do something with them. These are the people that God's looking for. So God is breathing by his spirit through apostolic ministry, he is bringing his church to the state of them being fully awake. Yes. Wow. You see, you need revelation to talk about revelation. So, Psalm 57, I'm going to read it first of all from the NIV, and then we'll read it to you from the message. I never use the message normally, but I just thought I saw the, the irony of the message version. You know, the message is not a Bible, don't you? But every now, you know, every now and then, he does word things in a very unique way that refreshes our hearts. So it says, awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lair. And I will awaken the dawn. In other words, he's speaking to himself, awake. I'm going to get some instruments. Me and the instruments are going to combine together and then we're going to create a new day. We will awaken the dawn. Better than that, He's going to announce what's coming. Dawn, awake. So there is a new dawn arising, but it comes from someone who's been awake, who's stirred by a revelation. So without the revelation, without him using all that he's got, he can't announce something. Amen? But here's what the, here's what the message says I'm read, ready, ready. Are you ready for this? I'm ready, God. So ready. Ready from head to toe ready to sing, ready to raise the tune, wake up, my soul, wake up, harp, wake up, flute, wake up, you sleepy head. Isn't that a better version? That's a far better version. Now, the disciples didn't have that version. I'm ready, God. I'm ready, God, so ready. Ready from head to toe. I just think that's brilliant. It's brilliant. That gives you no qualms. When you're reading that, you think, these guys are ready. These guys are fully awake. These guys are switched on to what heaven wants to do. Rather than, I'm sleepy, Lord. Can you leave it? Can you write it down, Lord? And I'll get back to it later. Can you put it on CD, Lord, and give it me? How many times do you see people say, you know, yeah, yeah, sounds good. What you say? Just throw us a CD. Yeah, can you get us one of those books? They want you to go and buy the book. So they can pick it up and go, no. Many pastors, when I'm talking to them about my stuff, you'll have to send me a book. No. No. Why? I'd rather have a pastor say, you know what? I really would like a copy of that. I want to see the intent behind his voice. Guy who I know came, uh, he's been here, actually a long time ago, came one day, starts talking, pouring his heart out. I gave all the resources I had. It was near Christmas, I thought, bless him. There's your bundle, go. That's all our material, free of charge, freely I've received, freely I give. Don't mean me say, you're not getting it all for free. But his heart was desiring more. So I gave it to him. Why? Because I saw, I'm ready, God. So ready. Ready from head to toe. Ready to sing. Ready to raise a tune. Wake up. Oh soul, wake up heart, wake up Luke, wake up, not Luke, loop, loot! <laughs> wake up, you sleepy. In fact, we should have that as a banner. When we come up in the morning, we say, let's just all read that before we start worshipping. It's just a cool way of saying what I'm trying to say. So well, well done, Eugene Peterson, for writing the message. You're still not a Bible, but I can still use you every now and then. So they were sleeping. But when they became fully awake, now go the second part of verse 32. They saw the glory and the two men standing with him. So from sleepy to fully awake, the next level is you begin to see in the realm of the spirit. You begin to see the two men standing with him in the vision. I'm not saying you're physically going to see two men. You're not, you're not going to see Elijah and Moses. Elijah, excuse me, Elijah and Moses are not our concern. The issue of him going on the mountain is that you saw him change. The God that you think you've been worshipping suddenly began to manifest in a new way. Yes? And they couldn't handle this God. That's why when we go into churches, (laughs) and Phil and I have had this experience. When I carry the dimension of Christ in me into some churches... And they've not progressed with their revelation. Guess what? They want to go and build shelters and put you in one of them. They can't handle the dimension of the Christ that you're manifesting because they've never seen it before because they're in a sleepy state. But God puts a word in a man's mouth to go and wake the church up. But the trouble is, people go to church with stones in their hand. Rather than pens and paper, they go with stones. Why? And when they don't like what you're saying, they throw them at you. Not physically. Verbal stones. One guy shut him down. Tried to shut him down when he was speaking. That's not right. At least let the guy finish. That's not right. But this is what happens. And then I've had the same to me. People obstructing this. way, And it's okay because if we hadn't gone in that environment, they'd never have had an alternative. God, listen. The ministry is not glorious. Not all the time. It's righteous, but your attitude will get revealed in their attitude towards you. And the Bible says, if you find a home with peace, stay there. If not, give them, let them check your studs and say, do one, jog on. But the point is, you go where you're sent. We've stepped into a few lion's dens and no doubt we'll step into a few more. This is what's going to happen with you. You're going to share your faith. You'll share it with a Muslim. Muslim, You'll share it with one Muslim and they'll break down and Christ will come into the midst. Another Muslim might manifest on you. You'll share it, not even a Muslim, you'll share it with someone who's just not a Christian. Someone will break break down, give their hearts to Christ there and then. Others will resist you. It's just the way of the gospel. The Bible says this kingdom, this word, this revelation is for the rising for some and for the falling of others. Your job is not to determine who's going to rise and not. Your job is to speak. So are you ready? Are you ready? Ready from head to toe? Ready to sing? Ready to raise a tune? Wake up, soul. Wake up, harp. Wake up, lute. Wake up, you sleepy head. Wow. So they saw the glory. They saw the glory and the two men standing there. There are some things you will never see if you're not fully awake. There are some things you will never see if you're not fully awake. There are dimensions in the spirit that God wants to show you. But if your heart and soul is sleepy, God can't. God can't. So... Be fully awake. Verse 34 of that scripture. Whilst he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid, and they entered the cloud. At least they entered. At least they entered. Even though they were afraid, they still entered. Thank God for a company of people who will still enter even though they're afraid. That's where we are. We're that company of people. Many of you are afraid. Of what God can really do with you, but step in, step in, step in, step up, step out. Amen? Step in, step up, step out. Let the cloud envelop you, let His glory overshadow you, let Him show you something that you've never seen before. Amen? You're speaking, you speak, see, notice it was while someone was speaking. While they were speaking, all heaven began to open up. So guys, you've got to keep speaking. You've got to keep speaking. It comes, revelation comes at the sound of your voice. Heaven's got to be speaking. You've got to be speaking. The word's got to be speaking. Everything's got to be speaking because that's the technology God uses to reveal revelation. Even when you're thinking, you're speaking. Yeah? Because if you weren't speaking, why'd you pray silently? Under your breath. It's a form of speech. But how much better it is when sound can literally come out? When you can turn the volume on. Yes? So we want pictures with sounds. We don't just want sounds without pictures. We don't want pictures without sounds. We want the two of them together. There's nothing worse than watching a movie and there's no sound. True? Nothing worse than hearing a movie and not watching it. So, when they began to speak, their opinions, their ideas, their old information began to change by what they were experiencing from this revelation. Yeah? you know how I knew God was speaking to me about this scripture? I said to Carol, I'm upstairs and I'm praying. Carol's doing something upstairs and I'm praying and God begins, begins to show me this scripture. And I went, where is it? And I opened my Bible it fell right on the page. You're just as cool when God does that, isn't it? It's cool. I didn't have to go to the computer and look up on my my machine. Where is it? You know, transfiguration. It just opened and it's like, da da! Angels didn't sing, but light shone around. And I went, okay, you want to speak on this then, don't you? Okay, right. I was locked in. And I just love it when God does that. Just love it. It's very simple, it's very basic, but it's powerful. It got my attention. It was better than any emails, better than any, you know, any voicemails. I got the picture, Lord. Okay, you want to speak about this? So it's cool. I I love that when that happens. And so when we're speaking, see, as I began to speak to God, God began to speak to me. True? Now I'm getting the revelation as I'm speaking it to you. I'm saying things I've not got down here. And that's good because this is called a conduit. God just wants to flow. Don't be worried about what you see. Don't be worried about Moses and Elijah. Don't focus on Moses and Elijah. Focus on the Christ. Because you couldn't have seen Moses or Elijah had Christ not revealed himself. Yeah? So many people go into heaven, get a picture, see the cherubims, get the streets of gold, but no voice of Christ, no revelation of Christ, just heaven. The Beatles sang a song about that. It's, la, la, we're on the mystery tour. It's coming to take you away, haha. And it did. There are no yellow submarines in heaven. Just see the Christ. All of heaven functions around the sun and the throne. There's so many people going into heaven. Well, there's nothing wrong with going into heaven. But at least, did you? When I spoke to the young guy, in Luke, in Australia, the first thing I said, I said, Did you get to see the big fella? He knew straight away what I meant. He's like, you know, kids at Christmas, did you get to see Father Christmas? I said, did you get to see the big man? And he went, oh. I went, awesome. And he starts telling me, and as he's telling me, my heart's breaking. Just, oh, stop, Luke, stop, 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 Luke. You're saying too much now. I can't handle it, but keep speaking. (laughs) He was awesome, beautiful. This young man can see this vision. In verse 35, a voice came From the cloud saying, and here's the the sum total of the whole experience of Jesus taking them up on the mountain to pray. This is what he wanted them to see. This is my son. Whom I have chosen. Listen to him. This guy you've been walking around with. This guy you're not quite understanding. This guy you keep hearing people talk. This is not a guy. This is my son. He's been sanctioned from heaven, is the prize, is the jewel. He is the bright morning star. He is everything to me. And I've given him to you so he'll become everything to you. I want you to listen to him because he speaks that which is coming from me. So the father wanting you to know all about what he wants you to know about, he's saying it's all in the son. So when you hear the son speak, he's going to reveal his father. And when his father speaks, he'll always reveal his son. And how does he do that? Through the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost only tells us what he hears the father saying. And he leads us into all truth. So any revelation that we need is found through Christ. Keep listening to him. Don't change it. Don't listen to your old information. Don't listen to a denomination. Don't listen to this. Listen to Christ through his word. Amen? So, when revelation comes, I want you to write these few words down because he's going to go, Oh my Lord. Now, when a revelation comes, it comes. But I want to give you the DNA so you can at least understand something. Don't get confused by this. But when you're thinking about it, you can check somewhere down the list to see. What part am I not functioning in? Is this okay? Because we're coming to the end now. The first thing when a revelation, have you, who's ever had a revelation and you've just gone, wow! Wow! Something just hit my spirit then. I haven't got a clue what it means. But just something has just hit me and it's just left me going, wow. Has anybody had that? You didn't understand what it meant, did you? Right. When that, now there's other times when revelation comes and the moment it comes, you understand it immediately. So let's go back to what Pastor Tony says. Obedience first, understanding second. So when you obey what God is saying in the little you understand, or if he says something to you and you do it, but you don't understand why, as long as you do it, he'll then give you the understanding and he'll show you the wisdom Of what he was saying. So sometimes it goes boom and it all opens up. Other times you just get boom, but you don't fully understand it. Right. So let's look at that when you don't fully understand it, the process. Is that okay? Right. I'm going there anyway. Reception is the first word you need to put down. Reception. Reception is the way we welcome somebody or welcome something. Yes? So when you walk through the door, when I walk through the door this morning, Kevin and Rachel gave me a great big hug. Reception, beautiful reception this morning. So when heaven's open, what reception is there on the earth? Reception is the way we welcome something or someone, or the way people respond or react to something or someone. You know, when you say things, people don't always like what you say. And how you say it. Is that true? So your revelational or your revelatory reception is you the believer hearing something new coming from heaven. And how are you going to respond when it comes? This morning, something's coming new to some of you. How are you receiving it? It's something. It's new to some of you. Some of you don't like the package that's delivering it. Some of you like the information, but not the package. Some of you like the package, but not the revelation. I can't change the package. And I can't necessarily change it the way I deliver it, because that's my grace. Revelatory reception is you, the believer, hearing something new that's coming from heaven. Something new. So reception is the first word. You all understand reception? The next word is perception. Revelatory perception. Meaning, what you receive must be perceived. As your spirit must be in receiver mode. Flick the switch on. What do you mean? I'm ready, God, so ready. I'm ready from head to toe. I'm ready to sing. I'm ready to raise a tune, wake up soul, wake up heart, wake up Luke, wake up, you keep hearing, wake up, sleep, you sleep yet, but I'm ready God, right, so if you're ready, you must have reception and perception, yes, perception is an understanding of a belief or opinion of how things are said, read, done or witnessed or seen to you. So when I do something, your perception, when you witness something, you've got a perception. Well, I wouldn't have done it like that. So with a perception comes an opinion. Yes? And we're full of them, aren't we? As people say, opinion is like noses. Everyone's got one. Your perception can determine how things can open up for you or how things will close for you. It's amazing how many people will leave a job, a church, a marriage, despite people saying things, they'll leave it. Why? Because their opinion and their perception of what you're saying doesn't meet their opinion. Yes? So the next one, so we've got reception, we've got perception, the next one is revelation. So what you receive and perceive, a revelation now can begin to take place in your life revelation comes from what you receive and what you perceive so phil says something to me or david says something to me instantly as i receive it and perceive it something opens up I go, that's a revelation something has just hit my spirit by what i have received and why what i perceived does that make sense I can go to many meetings and hear a lot of guys speak. In fact, I'm reading a book right now and I can saying to Phil, it's hard work. It's hard work, but I'm sticking with it because I know the guy who's wrote it and I know he has things to say. I've heard him speak many times, he's good. But this, you know when you and a book are not getting along? Yes. And you tell yourself, oh, no, the thing is I got the book for free. <laughs> they gave me the book, so I can't turn around and say it stinks and throw it. No, I owe him something to at least read it and I can see that what they're saying is good stuff, but it's just not hitting me at this moment in time. I keep sending to call. she looks at me, I go, you there yet? I went, no. <laughs> but I keep working with it. So the point is, I haven't got a revelation from what he's saying, but I perceive and receive what he's saying. Yes? So, the revelation is that which was veiled and unknown to you. That which was kept a secret is now beginning to be revealed to you. That different... Now, in, you know, in a computer, when you're downloading something, there's different speeds, aren't there? Depending on the size of the file will determine how fast or how slow you can download a file. That's the same with revelation. It depends whether you're in receiving mode. And if you've got interference and you've got your opinions and ideas, you can't... The download speed will take longer. Yes? And then guess what? You might see a sign saying corrupted file. Corrupted file can't download it files corrupted that's because you're corrupted not the file you're downloading your hard drive is corrupted so the file saying i ain't sitting there because you'll only do damage if you can open this so the next word you want when you see when you receive a revelation it's the substance it's heavenly substance it's the liquid gold whatever metaphor you want to use It's liquid gold flowing. So the next word is conclusion. So you've perceived, you've received, you've got a revelation, now you've got to conclude. Means the final part of something that leads you to an act. It's an agreement that you make inside this is God. This seems like it's right. Paul says in the New Testament, we concluded that what we'd heard was God. And we left immediately and went and did what we'd received. So Paul had to conclude many times when he had a revelation, he had to go through this process. He had to conclude. You must conclude. It can't just be on the air all the time. It now needs some earthing. Hello? See, many of us are stimulated in church, but we never conclude. So that's why people run to churches To go and have their ears tickled because they never conclude. If they concluded, they'd realize I don't have to run around. Hello? Oh, this is good. So resolution, sorry, conclusion. Your conclusion should be made only after you've processed what you're receiving. Now, you might make a conclusion today and have to alter it tomorrow. Because as your download speed starts coming and increasing, what you didn't understand today, you'll understand tomorrow. You'll understand a bit more. I do this with Armin. He's awake now. He's heard his name. When I say to him things, I see his download speed. True? And then you keep talking. He goes, his face changes. Yeah, it's true. I watch him. I love, I love it. I say to Carol, "Someone's yours," and then you, then you, look, you think, "Oh, okay, that's called puzzled," right? And then, as the penny starts dropping, the, the facial expression changes. It happens to us all. It happens to us all. It's not only Armin and Carol. It happens to me. When God says Melchizedek, five years it took me to understand Melchizedek, and I don't understand it now. But I just got the penny clicks. I went. At least the light came on. I'm walking away after that. I realized I don't have capacity. I didn't have capacity to understand this file that was called Melchizedek. And then I heard a preacher the other day say, we've got to start talking about the Melchizedek. My dad's been talking about it for six years and I still don't understand it. Good luck to you, fella. But he's got to keep speaking for revelation to come. So conclusion, your your conclusion should be made only after you process what you're receiving and perceiving. For then you must then agree with God. Make an agreement with what you're concluding. This is God. This is good. This is for me. This is for us. Make an agreement, because then you can enter into prayer about it then. Yeah? The next word is resolution, which is, means it's a promise of a new determination to act. And do something with what you've now concluded. At this point, you still have to overcome your inertia. Because a new behavior is going to come from this revelation. A new level is going to come, but you've still got inertia. You can't overcome it yet, but God's giving you revelation, getting you ready, empowering you to overcome it. Amen? So the Holy Ghost, partner with the Holy Ghost, because he's got resolution. Resolution. He's, he's, he's made, he's constantly made a resolution is to lead you into all truth. That's his resolution. He's got no inertia. He's just got impetus and momentum. The next word from resolution, what do you think comes after that? Application. Application. In other words, it's application is now applying the process. With a little you understand, develop a process. It's the determination to work hard over a period of time in order to come closer to succeeding at something. The application. The thing is, is when we come to church, because there's no conclusion, there's no resolution, and there's never an application. So you keep talking to the same crowd who are doing nothing. Why would you keep speaking to the same crowd of people who do nothing? Because there's always somebody in the crowd who will do something. And unless we keep speaking, people can't change. So the next level is assimilation. This is the DNA. You don't always think like this when a revelation comes. I'm just giving you some levels that you can at least think about. I'm giving you more than you paid for this morning. Is that all right? All right. Okay? I didn't charge anything, but whatever I did charge you, this is free. This is where I make that which I've perceived and received a core daily aspect of my life. So I've decided this year I'm going to pursue God more. I've decided that. Now I have to make it an application. It's not on it's no good to have a desire. I've got to put some footprint in my life. Amen. If you want to do something this year, you'll do. You won't do it with an idea. You'll do it with application. Okay, because that's where the fruit's born. Application. Sorry, what did you say? Assimilation, then, didn't we? Assimilation. Are you ready for the next one? When you've got it on the ground, and you're working it through, you're going to like this one. It's going to create a revolution. It's going to create a revolution. This assimilation of daily routine will lead to important changes developing within you, the receiver, which will create a revolution. You will create a revolution if you've got some application going. And you keep at it and work at it. It'll get you nearer and nearer and nearer and nearer, and you'll have a revolution in your life. How many want a bit of revolution? Yeah, it what was it you were saying about revolution? The next level... Is transformation. A revolution will lead to a transformation of life. Revolution leads to transformation as it leads to a complete change in the appearance of character of someone or something so that the person becomes improved. We're going from glory to glory. Amen? At this stage of transformation, you start influencing others around you. It's transformed your life so much now that you're telling others. Yes? And you've now got this gospel of infectious good news that you want to tell everybody because it's transforming your life. And the last stage is replication or impartation. Same thing. Through impartation of that which we've received and has now begun transforming my life, I begin imparting it into others so that others can be influenced, informed, encouraged, trained, and equipped. The truth modeled by a life is truth lived to its fullness. The truth modeled by a life is truth lived to its fullness. The truth modeled by a life is truth lived to its fullness. So conclusion. So you've got all those lists now of a DNA. It's good stuff, that. It's good stuff. You've got it for free this morning. you got it by the Holy Ghost. Conclusion. Psalm 57, verse 8. Awake, my soul, awake. Harp and lay. I will waken the dawn. What are you going to do with what you're receiving? This guy wants to waken the dawn. There is an emphasis of doing something with what you're receiving. That's why that DNA profile starts with receiving, perceiving, revelation. I can't remember them all. Assimilation, application, resolution, revelation. (laughs) Forget it. Revolution. Revolution. Transformation conclusion. Assimilation. That's it. I missed conclusion When you go through that lot, it must awaken you. It must bring you to a new state. These guys wanted to wake at the dawn. Jesus wanted his disciples to stay awake. Jesus wants his church to wake up. Jesus wants you to be alert. To stay awake. So, can you stand to your feet now with me, please? Have you received something this morning? Yes. You feel you've received something this morning? Oh, pastor, there's a lot to write down. No, there isn't. If you're not in receiving mode, it's a lot. The psalmist said, in the message version, I'm ready. God, so ready i'm ready come on god so flipping ready is that how you feel about this word this new revelation coming to your life this year thy kingdom come thy will be done oh god i'm ready so ready ready from my head to my toe to my toe i'm ready to sing I'm just ready to sing. I'm ready to raise a tune. Oh, man, that, there's a message right there. I'm ready to flick the switch. See, on this thing here, there's a few frequencies. If we want to go a little bit higher and we want to get some taxes involved, I flick another switch and we go to another dimension, right? Every one of us needs one of these. One of these can help you speak, amplify what, you, what you're receiving, and two, it can change the dimension of the Holy Ghost, Amen. So I'm ready to, to create a tune. I'm ready to create hell. I'm ready to release heaven, create hell, if you get that metaphor. You do? I'm ready to sing. I'm ready to raise the tune. So wake up, soul. You better hear what I'm saying. My spirit's speaking to my soul. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Lute, wake up, you sleepy head. So that's that's where I'm at this morning. That's where I personally, in my own spirit, that's where I. That's where God wants you to be. That's where God revealed this word to me. God has not stopped revealing this whole message of revelation. How we need a new year's revelation, and what revelation do we need? One of the Christ. We need one of the Christ. When I see Him, like those disciples saw Him as they're going up that mountain, everything changed. They guess what? They came down the mountain different than when they went up it. Amen? That's how God wants you to be. Every time you encounter God, he wants you to walk away different, higher, clearer, cleaner. Amen? So just raise your hands with me if you will. Pray, I'm ready, God. I'm so ready. I wish I have put this on the screen for you. I'm ready, God, so ready. I'm ready from head to toe. Oh God, I'm ready to sing. I'm ready to raise a tune. I'm, I'm ready. I'm wake up, old soul. Go and speak to your own soul.